Hey guys, guess what? I wrote a book. The name of it is Relentless Passion, Encounter God, Burn with Passion for Jesus. I have actually just finished republishing the book. It's got a brand new cover on it and it's available available for purchase on amazon.com. And I wrote this book because my number one goal in life is to love God with my whole being in every season of life. And I, I, to God, the number one definition of successful living is loving him with our entire being in every season of life. And I've not done this perfectly, but I've genuinely aimed my heart at this uh, for decades now. And I've learned some things along the way about how I can position my heart to encounter God and grow in passion for Jesus and sustain it, not just for a three or four month high or a three or four year season, but in every season of my life for an entire lifetime. So I've written some of these things that I've learned down in book form. It's available for you. I encourage you to go to amazon.com and purchase Relentless Passion uh, by Jeff Mann. Uh, and the subtitle is Encounter God, Burn with Passion for Jesus. Welcome to the Five State Revival Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Mann. I record this podcast to invest in the move of God that's happening in our five-state region of South Dakota, North Dakota, Minnesota, Iowa, and Nebraska. And I am super excited for this podcast episode today. I am going to be uh, playing for you um, about a 30-minute clip from a message I taught several years ago about how Jesus will literally rebuild cities and on the earth and restore the earth with his people uh, after he returns. I love these passages. This was such a, a fun Bible study for me to do, I encourage you to just listen to the scriptures that are going to be expounded upon in this message. And I want you to just notice the earthiness of God's eternal vision for people. Uh, Jesus is coming back to the earth to stay and reign as king over the nations with us, his people. And uh, these scripture, scriptures just go into vivid detail of uh, how God's going to clean up and restore and rebuild the cities of the earth. Anyway, I, I love doing this. I think you're going to enjoy listening to it. So we'll get straight into it right after this word from our sponsor. teaching uh, part three today on a, a series I started um, called The Blessed Hope, Our Blessed Hope. What is The Blessed Hope? Yes, the return of Jesus. Good. Titus two eleven through 13 says, for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness. Everybody say no. No, no to ungodliness and worldly passions. To live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. Here it is. While we wait for the blessed hope, which is the appearing of our great God. Who? Jesus is God. That's a good scripture right there. He, great God and Savior, Jesus the Messiah, Jesus Christ. So the blessed hope is the appearance of Jesus. And I'm just going to do a quick review. I can do it quicker, I think, today because this is the third time I'm doing it. Probably do this every single week. So when we talked about studying the, the subject of the end times, okay, um, there's, there's three, uh, when you study the scriptures about the end times, there's three uh, compartments, I like to say, or three segments I like to consider, okay? 
there's the first is the events that precede the return of Jesus, right? Everything that happens leading up to his actual return. Then there's the return of Jesus itself. And then third, there's the events that follow Jesus' return, the establishing of his kingdom over all the earth, right? You guys with me? So when considering Bible prophecy, studying the subject of the end times, okay, there's the, what's the first thing? Events preceding, right, leading up to Jesus' return. And then there's what? Second. Yep, Jesus' actual return and all the stuff that happens around that. And then there's the events, yes, afterward, his establishing of, of the kingdom over all the earth, okay? Now, the, Jesus told us, you know, there are all kinds of signs that he told us to look for the events that precede his return, right? I mean, he gave us lots of detail on purpose because he wants us. And he said, be watchful, right? He says, pay attention. When you see these things, you know that it is near. But notice that the focal point is not just focusing on these things. We're focusing on the return of the Lord, the finish line. You guys with me? But he says, pay attention to these things. So we want to be watchful. But the focal point of the scriptures is always looking toward the return of Jesus and the establishing of his kingdom over all the earth. And what I find is this, is this, if, if our focal point when we're studying end times prophecy and things like that, which is super important to do, uh, if our focal point is uh, not on the return of Jesus and the great events that follow, okay, that, the establishing of his kingdom on the earth, but we're just zoned in on the signs of the times leading up to it, you know, and we're like, oh, this could be the mark of the beast and economic collapse is coming and which all these things we need to be paying attention to. I think these things are true, you know, different things like that. Um, on and on and on. What ends up happening is we end up usually being fearful and responding improperly to those events when Jesus wants us to overcome in the midst of those and be a shining light for him. And so when our focus is on the return of Jesus, the victory that he brings, and the kingdom that he establishes on the earth afterward, we get filled with hope, right? And, and that very hope is what enables us to overcome the challenges on the way there. And it's not just challenges. I'm going to do a whole message in this series on there's so many good things. It's not just negative, difficult things that are happening between now and the return of Jesus. There's a lot of amazing things that are happening that I am super excited about. And um, when I have my eyes fixed properly on the right goal, my focus is on the right place, it enables me to flow with all the good that the Lord is doing in this time and to, um, and to overcome and shine in the midst of uh, challenges and trials. Okay, so that's my introduction. So let's just get to why is Jesus appearing so hopeful? Last week, I talked about, what did I talk about last week? Anybody remember? Yeah, that's it. I was really trying to remember. Yes, he cleanses the earth of evil, right? All the demons are going to be wiped off the planet. All the evil people going to be wiped off the planet. And um, all the evil infrastructures that perpetuate evil, laws and systems and businesses and etc., will be dismantled by Jesus. And uh, what I want to talk about today is the rebuilding process, okay? So number one is uh, Jesus, people, 
and angels, all three of us, we will work together to rebuild the cities and infrastructures of the earth. The Bible talks about things like, uh, you know, in the Jesus reigning on earth, he talks about highways. (laughs) He talks about homes. He talks about fields like farmers will be farming and there's going to be crops and there's going to be uh you know buildings and there's going to be governments and there's going to be you know roads and different things like that so we're going to rebuild the cities and infrastructures of the earth with jesus because um because the earth when jesus returns is going to be um it's going to be pretty much devastated i mean you read uh from a lot of different things from uh human abuse uh, from the just the effects of war. I mean, war wreaks havoc on cities. If you're familiar, if you've studied World War II, um, the aftermath, you look at Germany uh, in the aftermath of World War II, and it was just, the cities were piles of rubble. I mean, literally, I've just re- I read stories on this because of all the bombings that would take place and the air raids. And it was the same way with other cities too. Just uh, the cities were in ruins and the earth is, you know, that was nothing compared to what it's going to be like um, for, for after the, the great wars that are coming upon the earth. So that's the, the, Jesus will return and he inherits the earth. It will be in this condition. Plus, you have the judgments in the book of Revelation, which are going to wreak some pretty intense havoc themselves, okay? Like all the trees being burned up and just different things like that, Um the earth is going to be uh, in shambles, pretty much. But Jesus will return, and together his saints and people in partnership with him, will, um, we're going to actually start the rebuilding process. And it will be a process that will, it will take years to do, but it's going to be absolutely glorious. And so let's just look into it. I'm, a, I'm so excited about this scripture. I love this stuff. I feel like I'm telling, you know, you got like, um, I'm telling the great stories. You know how sometimes they do that? Different cultures, they like to tell the great stories of their ancestors and the heroes and the great things that happened and the great wars. And, you know, we do that with World War II. We do that with the Revolutionary War, etc. But um, I feel like this is like in the kingdom of God. This is like telling the great stories before they happen. <laughs> Like these things are coming, and we already know what's going to happen. So, you ready? Ezekiel chapter 38. So, after Jesus has forcibly removed evil from the earth, he will begin the rebuilding process by cleaning up the earth from all the effects. And so, um, let's just read about it. Ezekiel 38. This is what will happen in that day when Gog, that speaks of the Antichrist armies, okay? When Gog attacks the land of Israel. And then those extra scriptures I wrote in there, you can look up later. The, those parentheses, I put those in there. That isn't actually in the text. But those are just, you can read about the event, Gog attacking Israel in more detail in those passages. It says, my hot anger will be aroused, declares the sovereign Lord. In my zeal and fiery wrath, I declare that at that time there shall be a great earthquake in the land of Israel. The fish of the sea the birds of the air, the beasts of the field, every creature that moves along the ground and all the people on the face of the earth will tremble at my presence. The mountains will be overturned, the cliffs will crumble, and every wall will fall to the ground. Now, that's literal. That's an actual description of what will physically happen because of this earthquake. 
says, I will summon a sword against the Antichrist army's Gog on all my mountains, declares the sovereign Lord. Every man's sword will be against his brother. I will execute judgment upon him with plague and bloodshed. I will pour down torrents of rain, hailstones, and burning sulfur on him and on his troops and on the many nations that are allied with him. So does that sound like some of the stuff happening in the judgments in the book of Revelation? You know, let's read that again. Torrents of rain, hailstones, and burning sulfur. And we were talking like 100-pound hailstones, right? Is, you know, we get more clarity on what that looks like in Revelation, okay? So Ezekiel's talking about the exact same stuff that the Apostle John is talking about in Revelation. Verse 23, and so I will show my greatness and my holiness, and I will make myself known in the sight of many nations. Then they will know that I am the Lord. There will be no more doubt. That's going to be good. You know, right now you go through all the nations of the world and you talk about Jesus and, you know, there's some who believe, but the majority of people, you know, they're like, yeah, whatever, I don't know. Jesus is God. Jesus, you say he's alive. There will be no doubt on that day. He will show up physically and all will see him and they will know (laughs) he is the Lord. Imagine how fun it will be preaching the gospel in that environment. That's pretty cool. And so I just read that. Okay, verse 39, 9. Then those who live in the towns of Israel. Okay, I love this. So you've got this Armageddon, right, is what Revelation calls it. Jesus has come with plague and hailstones and sword and the return of Jesus, and he slaughtered, literally slaughtered the Antichrist armies. We read about that last week in Revelation 19. Do you remember this? Do you? Okay. Um, and, he's, and so there's bodies. I mean, like, probably, I'm guessing, hundreds of thousands of bodies that are in this valley laying there, slain by Jesus, the Antichrist armies. And you got all these bodies there. Well, the battle's over. It's won. I mean, but now what? <laughs> now you have the ultimate mess that needs to be cleaned up. You remember what Revelation said? What did Revelation say about how that mess is going to get cleaned up? Yeah, the angel would stand in the sun and call to the birds and the wild beasts, and he'd say, hey, come to the great supper of God. You're going to clean this up. You're going to eat all these bodies. Um, right? Okay? Well, listen to this. Now, that's John. He was just saying the same thing that Ezekiel said. Let's keep reading. And Ezekiel even gives us a little bit more detail about what the cleanup crews will look like. So the cleanup crews, get this. This is Jesus' leadership. This is so cool. The cleanup crews will consist of animals and human beings working together to clean up the mess. Already, you're starting to begin to see that restoration come like Eden. It's pretty cool. Anyway, I'll keep reading. Then those who live in the towns of Israel, they will go out and use the weapons for fuel and burn them up. Because, you know, you got all these weapons. You know, these guys, they came out for war. Jesus slaughtered them. And so their bodies and all their weapons, their swords, their shields, their clubs, it's just scattered like hundreds of thousands of them in this valley. It's like, what do I do with this mess? Well, Jesus, he's already thought through what he's going to do. He says, they are going to go up, people from the towns, they'll go out there, they'll get the weapons, and they'll use them for wood, firewood. The small and the large shields, the bows and arrows, the wars, 
the war clubs and spears. For seven years, they will use them for fuel. That's a lot of weapons that are laying in that field. It, it, it gives them fuel for their fires for seven years. Jesus has this thought through already. And then he says, and they will plunder those who plundered them and loot those who looted them, declares the sovereign Lord. Now, this is awesome because who are these armies? In Zechariah 14, these are the very armies that surrounded Jerusalem, okay? And they were raping the women and they killed two-thirds of all the inhabitants of the city is what Zechariah says. And they stole from them, they looted from them. So now Jesus comes and rescues Israel, right? Just wipes out the army. And then he says to those who are left in Israel, he says, okay, now you're going to go out and get your stuff back. (laughs) Take all your stuff back. You're going to go loot them, and you're going to use their swords and their weapons for fuel for your fires. Verse 12, for seven months, the house of Israel will be burying them in order to cleanse the land. All the people of the land will bury them. These are the cleanup crews, okay? And the day I am glorified will be a memorable day for them, declares the sovereign Lord. Men will be regularly employed. I love this. So so this is employment opportunities in the age to come. Men will be regularly employed to cleanse the land. Some will go throughout the land, and in addition to them, others will bury those that remained on the ground. At the end of seven months, they will begin their search. As they go through the land, and one of them sees a human bone, okay, he will set a marker beside it until the gravediggers have buried it in the valley of Hamon Gog. So I, I try to envision what this looks like. I just think of these crews, these teams, these cleanup crews. And you got one team that they're the flaggers, right? So they're going through the valley. They say, oh, this is seven months after the slaughter has happened. So the birds of the air have come, and they've got the flesh and the muscle and all that stuff off the bones, and all that's left is bones. This is, go- this is rated R. <laughs> I can imagine what this looks like because I've watched the National Geographic specials, you know, when lions kill prey and then the whatever, and the vultures come and they finish off. And in very short time, there's only bone left, right? So in seven months, all that stuff's taken care of and all that's left is bones and shields and weapons and stuff like that because i guess animals don't like eating shields and so then the cleanup crews come through the human ones and they come and one crew comes through and they see oh there's bones over here and they put a marker by it i don't know flag or something it just says a marker and then the second the grave diggers that's the next shift that comes through after the first guys have gone through the field and marked all the bones that need to be buried the grave diggers come and they find the flag oh there's a bones over there they go over there find the bones, bury them. I imagine pick up the flag, this field's clean. And that's the process. You guys see that? You guys envision that? This is like amazing to me that God goes into so much detail in his word describing these events. And I'm like, why, why would you? I think it's cool. You know, why would you go to so much, to put all that detail? I mean, we don't, probably don't need to know all that detail yet. You know, we'll get there and you'll give instructions. We'll figure it out. But I love it because I think it's like he wants us to know with certainty that that victory is coming. 
And he wants us to have a vision and a picture of what our life will be like in the age to come and the life on earth will be like. He, 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 nowhere in the Bible does it describe eternity as living on clouds playing harps. He wants us to have this. I, that, that idea, I don't know where that idea came from, but it didn't come from the scriptures. You know, Jesus is coming back to the earth and we will reign with him forever and he's going to literally rule the nations. Like, he'll employ people on cleanup crews. He'll, he'll actually run governments. And he'll run citywide cleanup crews. And he'll, he'll think of ideas as a king. Like, how, you know, here's some, use this as fuel for your fires. And all these, the process and the human dynamics of earth. Notice he doesn't just come back, wave his hand and say, in my name. I declare that all the bones and the cleanup is done and just magic wand over the earth and boom, it's back to Eden. He doesn't do that because natural processes were created by God before the fall. Natural process of things like time. You know what I mean? That, that those aren't evil. Those aren't part of the fall. And when he, the earth, it's the natural processes are going to continue. So I love these superhuman dynamics he's um, describing here. And then he says, um, let me see here, verse 16, also a town called Hamona will be there, and so they will cleanse the land. Son of man, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Tell me if this sounds familiar. Call out to every kind of bird and all the wild animals. Assemble and come together. From all around to the sacrifice I am preparing for you, the great sacrifice on the mountains of Israel. There you will eat flesh and drink blood. You will eat the flesh of mighty men and drink the blood of princes of the earth as if they were rams and lambs, goats and bulls, all of them fattened animals from Basha. At the sacrifice I am preparing for you, you will eat fat till you are glutted and drink blood till you are drunk. At my table, I mean... Jesus is, God is describing this as a table. That's incredible. At my table, you will eat your fill of horses and riders, mighty men and soldiers of every kind, declares the sovereign Lord. Does that sound familiar? Yeah, it's the same thing that Revelation 19. And you know, what I I love about this is this story, Revelation 19 is the fulfillment of the hope of the Old Testament prophets. This is one giant story of restoration since the Garden of the Old Testament and the New Testament. It's, it's, the New Testament is just another phase going to another level of God's great redemption plan that he instituted back in the Garden of Eden. As soon as Adam and Eve fell, God had a plan. He says, I want my glory to fill the earth. I want people to rule the earth in relationship with me. And I will live with them. I will be their God. They will be my people. And they will multiply and fill and subdue the earth. And as they do multiply, they'll spread out from this little piece of real estate in the Middle East called the Garden of Eden until the whole earth is filled with people in relationship with Jesus, in harmony with one another, and the animal kingdom, and the plant kingdom, living in a paradise all over the earth. And God is dwelling among us. And the whole earth is filled with people who know the Lord. That's his dream. The devil came in. He tempted Adam and Eve. And they 
sinned. But God didn't give up on his dream. God's not, I'm going to come and I'm going to die. I'm going to try and salvage what I can out of this mess. And then I'll just burn the rest up and throw it away. He's like, I'm going to complete my plan. I just got to go through a little detour here. I'm going to go. I'm going to reveal myself to them. I'm teaching them how to live according to my ways. I'm going to come. I'm going to die for their sins. And then I'm going to raise up a bride who will be able to rule this thing with me. And she'll be tested. She'll be tested because Adam and Eve, when they were tested, they failed. But they will be tested, and they will prove their devotion to me over and over again throughout their life. And then they will be with me forever. And I will crown them, and I will reward them. And the whole earth will know that they are worthy to rule with me because they've proven their love in great testing. And then they will, and he'll fulfill his original plan. I hope this is making sense. After the cleanup, Jesus will work through an enthusiastic and cooperative workforce. I mean, I'm ready, like right now. Made up of people and angels to rebuild the cities and infrastructures of the earth. There'll be buildings, homes, roads, farmland, governments, communities of people, families. Isaiah 58, let's just look at a few scriptures that talk about that. Your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and will raise up the age-old foundations. And you will be called repairer of broken walls, restorer of streets with dwellings. He's speaking to Israel there. And then Isaiah 61.4, he says, they will rebuild. Everybody say rebuild. Okay. What are they going to rebuild? Yeah, the ruins, right? <laughs> and they will restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities. Is that clear? That have been devastated for generations. Isaiah 65, 21. They will build. Everybody say build. Okay? Build houses. How do you build a house? Right? and all the other stuff. <laughs> That's how good I am at building and construction. I don't think I'll be on this team personally. He hasn't gifted me this way. Um, there's people who are good at this and really like doing it. And uh, they're actually going to build houses again. And they're going to be building houses, okay? The whole process. They will build houses and they'll get to live in them. And they will dwell in them. They will plant vineyards and eat their fruit. How do you plant vineyards? It's work, right? Right? It's work. You know, I don't know. I've never planted a vineyard. But I imagine there's, you know, you put seed in the ground. There's got to be digging or something that happens. Um, right? It's like it's farming, right? It's farming. And there's going to be crops. There's going to be vineyards. There's going to be. And who's going to be doing it? You know, uh, we are. But the cool thing is this, is you know that in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve worked? That they labored, right? And there is joy in labor when you're doing it with the Lord, and it's guaranteed 100% of the time to be always effective. You never have a crop that gets hailed out. 
You know, nothing like that. It's like there's a joy in, in working with your hands, and then there's a joy in getting to eat the fruit of your own labor. I mean, that's a blessing. And God created us to enjoy that because God himself enjoys doing that. Okay, and we get to share that with him. The curse was not work. The curse was the weeds. The curse was the, the, the difficulty and the opposition to our work that came in. But that is going to be healed. God's going to heal the land, and we're still going to get to do the fun things that humans get to do. We were created to do. We're going to get to play. We're going to have joyful, fulfilling labor. We're going to have conversations with people that we love. We're going to get to interact with each other. We're going to get to eat. Jeremiah 31.5, again, you will plant vineyards on the hills of Samaria. The farmers will plant them and enjoy their fruit. So it's just some pictures, a snapshot, and, and you, there's so much in the Bible on this subject. I'm loading you down with scriptures today. Um, let's go to number two. It says, why is Jesus appearing so hopeful? The first point was we're going to rebuild the cities and infrastructures of the earth. And then ultimately, this is where we're going. So you see the beginning of the thousand years when Jesus comes back. It's like it starts with a lot of cleanup, right? Once this thing's all cleaned up, now what do we do? We got to start replanting. We got to rebuild, doing it God's way this time, right? And it's going to be a process that will take years and years and years, a thousand years actually to be completed, okay? But ultimately, this is where this thing is going. Jesus, people, this is number two, and angels will restore the earth to a garden of Eden-like paradise. That's where it's going to end up. Ezekiel 36, listen to this. Verse 33 through 36. This is what the sovereign Lord says. On the day I cleanse you from all your sins, I will resettle your towns. And he's talking to Israel there in particular. He says, I will resettle your towns and the ruins will be rebuilt. Sound familiar? The desolate land will be cultivated instead of lying desolate in the sight of all who pass through it. I love this. They will say, this land that laid waste has become like the Garden of Eden. Just like picture the Badlands. Picture the Badlands. I mean, nothing grows in the Badlands, right? Imagine the Badlands. It's like nobody's thinking of trying to farm in that shale, whatever it is, I imagine. And imagine like Jesus comes back, the land gets healed, And all of a sudden, it's like flourishing like the Garden of Eden. Okay? So I'm thinking of wastelands. There are wastelands, places in the world that nothing has ever grown for a long time. Places have been devastated. The land's been polluted. It's ruined. It's like they're not going to grow anything here. Jesus is going to heal the land. And it's going to not only, they're not going to get crops there. It's going to flourish. It's going to look like the Garden of Eden. The cities that were lying in ruins, desolate and destroyed, are now fortified and inhabited by people. Then the nations around you that remain, he's talking to Israel specifically here, the nations around you that remain will know that I, the Lord, have rebuilt what was destroyed and have replanted what was desolate. I love this. I, the Lord, have spoken and I will do it. You're going to see this. This is one of my favorite things on these passages. 
these awesome epic promises that it's like, it just, no way. Are you that, you're going out on a limb there, God. You are, you are saying, I'm going to do these grandiose, incredible things. And then he ends it with this statement, excuse me, I am the Lord. <laughs> I am God. I did create this whole planet, you know. And I'm telling you, I will do it. You know, there's many promises God's make that are, God makes that are conditional upon our response, right? The promise of salvation is sure, it's guaranteed, but whether you experience it or not is conditioning upon your response to what Jesus did on the cross. You're going to believe and repent of your sins and follow him, and then you can count on that promise, right? But if you don't, hey, the promise was true, but you don't get to experience it. You guys with me? But these massive promises, he's, he's saying this over Israel. I will rule in Israel. I will restore these places. I'm not making this one conditional. He's like, I'm doing this. I've just set my mind, and I'm sovereign. I'm doing what I want. I've always wanted to have people. I created the earth, and I created people to govern it in relationship with me, and I will live with them and be their God, and they will be my people, and they will live in protection and harmony and blessing and prosperity and joy. And this has always been the dream in his heart. He's like, I'm doing this. I've set my mind on this. I'm going for this. Thank you for listening to the Five State Revival podcast. I want to encourage you, if you could just take a few moments and leave a positive review of this podcast on on whatever platform you're listening to. So if you're listening to it on iTunes or Spotify, whatever it would be, if you can just leave a positive review and then share this with somebody you think would enjoy it, that would be awesome. Also, I want to encourage you to check out my Five State Revival YouTube page. You can find uh, a lot of training videos and evangelism, disciple making, uh, just a lot of uh, former podcasts that we've done a video recording of. You can find on there as well as other uh, resources to enjoy. And then finally, I want to encourage you to go to amazon.com, invest in your relationship with Jesus by, uh, by getting my, my new book, my, my book that I've just uh, republished called Relentless Passion, Encounter God, Burn with Passion for Jesus. Thank you so much for listening and I'll connect with you next time. Bye-bye.